Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I feel like I'm constantly reminding myself that we are all carrying around different stressors, big and small. But when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And naturally, that can start to affect everything else around us, too. Therapy can be a safe place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I know that therapy isn't for everyone, but it definitely has benefited me in the past with learning how to sit with my feelings, set boundaries with people, and I don't know, learn how to function with a little less shame. But if you are thinking of starting therapy and access has been hard for you, maybe BetterHelp is the right fit. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. You can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MakeYourBed today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MakeYourBed. Well, good morning. Good morning, sunshine. Welcome to another day of the Make Your Damn Bed podcast. Today is day two. We're going right back into the book of adult children of emotionally immature parents, how to heal from distant, rejecting, or self-involved parents, written by Lindsay C. Gibson. As always, I'll be pulling from this book at random and wording it in my own words. So if you want to read the original source, this book was available at my public library, but I'm sure it's available online. And if it is, I'll link it in the show notes. Also, side note, Throughout this book, I'll be using the word parent, but please insert whatever applies to you, whether your grown-up was a caregiver, an adult, or you're talking about a partner or a friendship. Obviously, this topic is nuanced, so using nuanced and inclusive language I feel like is important, but because of the brevity of the show, I have to do what I have to do. So I'll be using the words from the book, which often uses parents in place of what I would call guardians or caregivers. Today, I'm quoting straight from the book because of where I left off yesterday about how hard it can be to recognize that you are dealing with someone who is emotionally immature. Because if you're like me, it might feel like a betrayal to look at your parents objectively. But the author reminds us that it is not the motive of this book. The mission is not to disrespect our caregivers, but just see them more objectively so we can better understand the reasons for their limitations or the reasons for their behaviors so we don't have to continue to repeat them. 
And for me, it helps to remember that most signs of emotional immaturity are not in a person's control. It's typically not intentional that someone wants to hurt us, especially those who care for us and want to love us. So before we even dive into some of the ways to deal with parents or loved ones who are emotionally immature or manipulative, it's important to talk about the more superficial behavior characteristics so we could label those behaviors and not identify with them. And if you do feel hesitant, like I often do, remember that considering and reflecting on and thinking about your relationships, even in a negative way, cannot hurt them, but it can help you. It is never a betrayal to assess and look at someone accurately. And if you are interested in doing this work, the shame and the guilt need to be set aside for the greater good, which is at its core, a deeper understanding. And Emotional immaturity in humans has been studied for a very long time. And rather than trying to diagnose a loved one or a caregiver, we're going to look more at the symptoms. And I will be reading straight from a checklist that is available in PDF form, which I will include in the show notes. But the reason I find this assessment of these symptoms so valuable and important is because it did let me look at my situation more objectively rather than some damning diagnosis of my parents, you know? So this is a checklist straight from the book where I'll be asking yes or no questions so you can better recognize an emotionally immature parent. And of course, this doesn't just apply to caregivers, but we're discussing it with that framing right now. Let's get into it. I will read a statement and you will either check it off as true or ignore it as false. And if you're like me, the answers might surprise you. All right. My parents often overreacted to relatively minor things. My parents didn't express much empathy or emotional awareness. When it came to emotional closeness and feelings, my parents seemed uncomfortable and didn't go there. My parent was often irritated by individual differences or different points of view. When I was growing up, my parent used me as a confidant, but wasn't a confidant for me. My parent often said and did things without thinking about other people's feelings. I didn't get much attention or sympathy from my parent, except maybe when I was really sick. My parent was inconsistent, sometimes wise, sometimes unreasonable. If I became upset, my parent either said something superficial or unhelpful, or got angry and sarcastic. Conversations mostly centered on my parents' interests. Even polite disagreement could make my parent very defensive. It was deflating to tell my parents about my successes because it didn't seem to matter. Facts and logic were no match for my parents' opinions. My parent wasn't self-reflective and rarely looked at their role in a problem. My parent tended to be a black-and-white thinker and unreceptive to new ideas. Of course, this isn't some conclusive checklist with every symptom, but these are signs of emotional immaturity, and each symptom can better help us understand the underlying reason for those symptoms so that we can ideally loosen the effect or the hold that they have on us. But before we dive into the symptoms of emotional immature people and we discuss ways to deal with it, I want to talk about the difference in a pattern versus a temporary emotional regression. Because there is a difference between a pattern of emotional immaturity versus a temporary emotional regression. Because anyone can briefly lose emotional control or become impulsive if we're tired or stressed or hangry, like me. And I think each and every one of us can look back and cringe on certain responses we had when we felt those things. But the point is, you still cringe because you know that that is not who you are, but a quick glimpse into a loss of control. 
versus those of us who can't see that we have a personality pattern of this emotional immature response. And because these behaviors are so automatic for us, they show up repeatedly at our relationships and we no longer cringe because that's just how we function. This is why I think just a general lack of awareness or sense of compassion can be a very telling red flag that this person has let this become a personality pattern rather than just a glimpse and an insight into a weak moment. In this next paragraph, I'm quoting directly from the book, and it's pretty much the reason I decided to do a deep dive into this book in the first place. And it says, before we explore emotional immaturity, we must first dive into emotional mature functioning, which isn't some obscure, murky matter of opinion. It's been well and famously studied, so there are ways to become more emotionally mature. And at its core, emotional maturity means a person is capable of thinking objectively and conceptually while sustaining deep emotional connections to others. People who are emotionally mature can function independently while also having deep emotional attachments, smoothly incorporating both into their daily life. They're direct about pursuing what they want, yet they do so without exploiting others. They've differentiated from their original family relationships sufficiently to build a life of their own, and they have a well-defined sense of self and identity. And they treasure their closest relationships. Emotionally mature people are comfortable and honest about their own feelings. They get along well with others, thanks to their well-developed empathy, impulse control, and emotional intelligence. They are interested in other people's inner lives and enjoy opening up and sharing with others in an emotionally intimate way. And when there's a problem, they deal with others directly to smooth out the differences. Emotionally mature people cope with stress in a realistic, forward-looking way. While consciously processing their thoughts and feelings, they can control their emotions when necessary, anticipate the future, adapt to reality, and use empathy and humor to ease difficult situations, and strengthen their bonds with others. They enjoy being objective, and they know themselves well enough to admit their weaknesses, while emotionally immature people, on the other hand, have a totally different set of emotional, behavioral, and mental characteristics, which we'll dive into tomorrow as we continue this series. In the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and I'll talk to you tomorrow while you make your damn bed. Bye, cutie. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.